Hello and welcome to St John's Virtual Church today, Sunday the 30th of August. My name is Ian McLennan and I'm standing in this morning for our vicar Matt Luff, who is taking a very well-earned break. You're very welcome to our service today. If this is your first time looking in on us, we'd love to hear from you. Please do contact us to share feedback and to make yourself known. Our in-person church services will resume on the 6th of September. Uh, in addition to virtual church. Uh, please do contact us if you'd like to come along to a service in person as we'll need to book you in since numbers are limited due to social distancing requirements. Tonight we'll be holding the next of our evening Bible study meetings starting at 6.30pm. Uh, we'll be looking at Paul's letter to the Galatians and we've got to chapter 3 verses 23 to 29. The theme of this evening's study is no longer under the law, now in Christ. It would be great to see you at that meeting. This morning, we've got a virtual guest speaker, the recently appointed Bishop of Horsham, the Right Reverend Ruth Bushyager, who'll be preaching for us on Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 to 15, the account of Moses and the burning bush. As we begin our service, let's pause to set aside the cares and concerns of the day and our, and focus our attention on the Lord God and his unchanging and eternal word. Let's commence our time together with a psalm. This passage is taken from Psalm 9, verses 7 to 10. The Lord reigns forever. He has established his throne for judgment. He rules the world in righteousness and judges the peoples with equity. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you rule the world in righteousness and that you judge the peoples with equity. Thank you that you are a refuge for each one of us in times of trouble. As we come before you, we're conscious that we've fallen short of your perfect standards and have not kept your laws as you require of us. We thank you that you forgive all who truly repent and turn to you and we do this now. Thank you that the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus for each one of us, once for all upon the cross, has dealt with all our sin and guilt. Thank you that all who repent are freely and graciously restored into relationship with you because of Jesus' sacrifice for us. In Psalm 40, verses 1 to 3, we read, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord 
and put their trust in him. Thank you, Lord, for restoring and healing us. Amen. Our service will continue with the reading from Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 to 15, read to us by Sue Fallon, after which Bishop Ruth will preach. Immediately after this, Sarah Adams will be leading us in prayer. Thank you, Sue. Today's reading is taken from Exodus chapter 3, beginning to read at verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Prezites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people the Israelites out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning and hello. My name is Ruth Bushager and I am the new Bishop of Horsham. It's a great joy to join the Diocese of Chichester and it's wonderful to be joining you this morning at your church. 
and um, at this stage in the pandemic I guess some of us will now be watching this sermon video alone at home others of you might be at home but watching with members of your own household or your social bubble and some of us are back into our church buildings and having perhaps a mixture of pre-recorded material and real life face-to-face -face worship whoever you are and however you're watching this and whatever you believe you are so welcome and I really pray that this passage from the Bible that we're going to be uh, reading this morning and looking at closely Exodus chapter 3 verses 1 to 15 I pray that this will be a great blessing to you as the living God speaks to us through his written word so today we read a very familiar story. It's got fire in it. It's one of the most famous chapters in the whole Bible, Moses and the burning bush. And we're going to go in sections through the passage. So if you can have a Bible open in front of you, please do, and you can read along with me. Let's set the scene for a minute. Moses was born around the end of the 14th century BC, and he was born into a Hebrew family who were living in slavery in Egypt under great oppression and uh, the baby Moses was rescued from the Nile the baby in the basket rescued by the princess the daughter of the Pharaoh so Moses was raised in the palace of Pharaoh but he was not actually an Egyptian boy he was a Hebrew and one day as an adult he sees a Hebrew slave being beaten by an Egyptian and in an act of great rage against that injustice Moses kills the Egyptian slave driver. So then we have Moses the murderer running away into the desert where he finds a job as a shepherd and he's there for 40 years. So at the end of Exodus chapter 2 we have a behind the scenes unveiling like the curtains of heaven are drawn back and we see that now the God of compassion is on the move and he has heard the cry of his people in slavery. He has seen their suffering and in compassion, he is moving his plan to liberate them. And his first thing is to call his servant Moses to be his leader in this great mission of God to liberate his people. I have come down to rescue, says the Lord. And in this extraordinary scene that follows in chapter 3, God calls Moses to lead that rescue plan. He's an 80-year-old who spent his whole adult life hiding in the desert with a flock of sheep for company. wonder if you're listening this morning and you're definitely in the second half of life, maybe even like Moses, you've been hiding somewhat from your past, perhaps retreating into your own, own wilderness years. I don't know if the months of COVID have felt a bit like wilderness years for you. It seems to have gone on for a long time. Maybe you've been laying low. Maybe you've been tending to a different job in life that you know deep down is not the calling of God. But in God's economy, wilderness is never wasted. So here we are in chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the far side of the wilderness. And he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Verse 2, there the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in flames of fire from within the bush. I don't have a bush, but we've got a campfire. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, 
it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up? The messenger of God appears to Moses in a bush that is on fire but doesn't burn. Now the story is commonly, famously called Moses and the burning bush. But actually it's Moses and the not burning bush. My wood is definitely burning up. Quite understandably, Moses is deeply curious and he's drawn in to an encounter, wanting more, curious. When the Lord saw, verse 4, that Moses had gone over to, the look, to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. God's rescue plan starts with a call. God calls Moses by name. His call is deeply personal, individual and specific. God's chosen servant is now ready to hear his life's mission. God calls Moses, Moses, and Moses' reply is, here I am. That's actually just one word in the Hebrew, hine. It's a word that a soldier might say when reporting for duty. Yes, sir, here I am. Ready and able and willing for service, present for action. Yes, sir. Hine. I had a curate at my previous parish called Peter. And when the diocese rang to offer me this particular curate who I'd not met before, they said he is very American. And indeed, he did turn out to be not just an American, but very American. And it was wonderful. From time to time, I would say Peter, and he would say, yes, ma'am, Hine, here I am. What do you want me to do? Reporting for action. And then God reveals important aspects to Moses of his own nature. Don't come any closer, God says, verse five. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen, I have heard and I care. So I have come down to rescue my people from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land and into a good and spacious land. Verse 10, so now go, Moses. I, the Lord, am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. God is going to rescue his people. He promised he would, actually, way back with Abraham in Genesis chapter 15. So this promise has been a long time coming. But now it's Moses' turn to step up. And Moses has first this revelation. What is the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob like? What is the nature of this God who is speaking to me in this fire? The first thing Moses needs to know is that this God is a holy God. This is not just a holy moment. There is a sense of the dangerous present of a holy God revealing himself in fire. So Moses, take off your shoes. The second revelation is that God is not just holy, he's also compassionate. Now most of us listening this morning 
Perhaps we're a bit too familiar with the idea of a compassionate God. We should take note that our God is not like other gods. Verse 7, the God of the Bible hears and remembers and sees and is moved to act. Not all gods are compassionate. Not all gods care for the suffering of people. The gods of Egypt that Moses knows very well, they do not care about the misery in human life. They cannot hear and remember and see and act. The gods of Canaan cannot help either. The modern gods too that we idolise and worship so much, they also have no regard for human suffering. Not materialism or careerism or fame or wealth or perfectionism or popularity. They do not care. And what we read here in Exodus 3, 7, the God of Moses stands in contrast to the gods of this world, the gods of every age, in the face of suffering and injustice. The God of Moses says, I have seen, I have heard, I care, I have come down to rescue. So verse 10, Moses, now go. Now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people out of Egypt. That's the mission right there. The wholesale rescue of the whole people of God. This God is holy, he's compassionate, and he's in the business of liberation, of freedom for his people. Notice Moses' call is to go. It's ascending into action. It's got to involve movement. It must involve leaving. It must also mean loss. For Moses, it's actually a return, a return to his origins, a return to the home of the most powerful man in the world, Pharaoh, a return to the royal courts where he ran freely in the corridors as a young boy and where he fled in shame and fear as a middle-aged man, a return to people who raised him, who he would now come up against in fierce confrontation. And it's a very, very daunting call. I wonder if you've ever felt daunted by a sense of the call of God over your life. Understandably, in verse 7, Moses says to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. This will be the sign to you that it's I who've sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. What a daunting task. And do you see how quickly Moses has gone from, yes, sir, hine, reporting for duty, here I am, to what, sir, me, sir, from here I am, to who am I? Who am I? I'm just a, a washed up exile and refugee, tending sheep in the wilderness. I'm old, I've failed. The Egyptians won't receive me. The Israelites won't listen to me. Everything I'm, I've, I've ever done disqualifies me from following God's call on my life. Notice God's reply. God says, it's not about you, Moses. I am who I am. I have seen the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. I know all of you, and my call is about me. 
who I am. Who am I, we might ask. Every single Christian is called by God to partner with him in his rescue mission to the world that he loves so much. Each and every one of us, without exception, are invited to participate in this call to say yes, to be used by God for his purpose of salvation in the world. And every Christian who has ever heard this call correctly has been daunted by it and known self-doubt and fear. The answer is that it is not about us. It's about the one who calls us, the one who is with us. Moses asks, who am I? And the answer is, well, that doesn't really matter at all. Moses asks, who am I? And the answer is, well, that's the wrong question. Moses asks, who am I? And God doesn't answer that question at all. God replies, I will be with you. I will be with you. So Moses now wants to know the name, the name for God. He's familiar with all the Egyptian gods. Moses grew up learning about all of those in the Pharaoh's palace. But this God, the God in the fire who has called him to be a liberator. What is this God's name? And God said to Moses, verse 14, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God's answer, the I am in the Hebrew is higher, Asher, higher. And scholars have argued for years how to translate that. There are sort of three ways to interpret the name God gives for himself. One's from the verb I am. I am the one who is, says God. I am who I am. Or from the verb to be. I cause to be what I cause to be. Or from the future sense, I will be who I will be. Their name for the God of the Bible is that he is existence itself. He is being. He is creator and sustainer. He is reality. He is the one who is, was, and always will be. He is past and present and future. He is the eternal one. So Moses, that's the one who's called you and sending you on this mission. He's the one who still today calls people to know him and to join in with his purposes in the world. The great I am, the one who is, was, and always will be. Now only he, only a God for whom that is true, is the one true God. All the other gods, the gods of Egypt and Canaan and 21st century Britain, all the other gods are created, whether they're little stone statues with shrines or systems of thought or philosophies or ideals. They're the product of a disordered human longing and our own creativity. But this God, he is the only Lord. And he's gonna be demonstrating that fact in astoundingly powerful ways in the chapters to come in Exodus. So do read on with the rest of your Sunday if you can, because it's a gripping story. But I wonder if there are some listening today who are sensing the call of God. It might be a call even to believe in him and trust him for the very first time. Maybe thus far in life you haven't been 
a Christian able to say that you've got a living faith in Jesus Christ, a real trust in God. But you know that God is calling you to himself. Maybe in the solitude of lockdown, you have heard that call. I encourage you to respond to him in prayer. It might be daunting, it might make you feel vulnerable. It will certainly be costly as it was for Moses, but let me assure you, surrendering to God is the very best decision you could ever make. Maybe you're sensing God calling you to a new vocation or a new ministry. Maybe a new role that you've been thinking about at work or at church in your community. I encourage you to pray with trusted friends and have the courage to explore that call more fully. May this passage today encourage you in your faith this morning. The God of the Bible, who reveals himself as holy, compassionate, the liberator of his people. The awesome truth is that this is the same God, who, the one who called Moses, calls each one of us by name, personally, to share in the adventure of following him. May you be courageous and obedient in following him and responding to him today. Amen. Good morning. Just before we pray, I'd like to say that between each section, I'm going to make a pause so that you can add your prayers to mine, if it whatever you would like to add. So let us pray. Who is like you among the gods, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in praises, working wonders? When we consider all that you are and all that you do, day by day from our first breath until today, we should be speechless with wonder. Just as you called Moses aside to meet with you in the burning bush, so you have called each one of us at some point in our lives to meet with you. So let us pause now to remember our earliest encounters with you, our living Lord. Lord, we want to thank you for calling each one of us into a relationship with you. Thank you for giving us the privilege of knowing you personally and also the opportunity to follow you all the days of our lives. Father, we want to pray first about our world in respect of COVID-19. We particularly lift to you for whom this virus must be the, the last straw. We pray for those who are already dealing with famine, locusts, wars, droughts or floods, and now this has come on top. These things affect millions of people, and to our eyes the situation looks hopeless. But Father, every single one of these people is known by you and is precious to you. We ask now that you would intervene to give them respite from these incessant hardships. We ask for hope for those who are without hope, for comfort for those who have lost everything, for peace and justice for those who have been persecuted and attacked on all sides. In a moment of silence, we lift our brothers and sisters around the world to you.
Lord, we pray for our country at this time. Firstly, we pray for our government. In lifting our leaders to you, we ask that you would guide them through these unprecedented times. We ask for wisdom and integrity as lockdown subsides and more and more people try to return to work and school. Before the advent of this virus, as a country, we were turning away from you in every, every area of life. However, each one of us is fearfully and wonderfully made in your image. But now we have abandoned your design in favour of creating our own image. No longer necessarily male or female. We also kill thousands of our children every year before they are born. We push for our individual rights as, at the expense of community, marriage and family and choose to obliterate and rewrite our history. In chasing our man-made ideologies we have become a nation that calls evil good and good evil. We pursue darkness calling it enlightenment and light is thought to be dark. We replace bitter for sweet and honour those who believe themselves to be wise in their own eyes. Lord in your mercy you have brought us to such a as time as this, when we have to return to our homes and stop. Lord, we pray that you have spoken to many during this lockdown, that you have brought upon us a realisation of the futility of what we are doing. We ask now that in these next few months you would please bring us to our senses, just as you lifted your hand of protection from the Israelites when they turned from you, so you have removed your blessing from us. Lord, let us cry out again. Let us turn to you and cry out in repentance. We ask that you hear the cries of your people. We want you alone to be our God and we long for you to, we long to be your people. For there is no one like you. There is no one beside you. You alone can save us. Only you can turn our hearts back to you. In your mercy we ask that you do not destroy us, but that you redeem us. Lord Jesus, as we think about our local community and our church family, we look to you to do something new. We want to thank you for the many opportunities to get to know our neighbours better. Thank you for the slower pace of life that has allowed us to pause and think about different aspects of our lives and what or who is, who is truly important. Thank you that we live in a very safe part of the country and that most of us have not been as badly affected by the lockdown as many others. Thank you for the outreach opportunities through the church's food parcels. We especially pray for those in our community who have been able to join us with our worship and get a glimpse of who you truly are. Jesus, we pray that as we prepare to come back together as your family to praise and worship you, that you would be in the planning. May this be the time that you do a new thing amongst us at St John's. Help us to discern the things we should and shouldn't be spending our time on. Above all, give us a passion for serving you through our community. Please make us bold and fearless in proclaiming all that you have done for us by your death and resurrection. Thank you for all of those who work, have worked so hard over the last few months to bring us your word and bring us encouragement. 
but we ask now that by your Holy Spirit you empower Matt and his team to proclaim your message of the new life in all its fullness. Speak through your messages, messengers in ways that set your people on fire to glorify your holy name. We also ask that you would unite us as a congregation. Help us to value one another more, taking this opportunity of a clean slate to build each other up in our faith. Lord, we remember those who we will not see again. Today we particularly pray for Kath and her family as they mourn the loss of Roy. Thank you so much for his faithful witness to you. Thank you for the joy that he and Kath have brought us in the few years that they have been part of our family. We ask now that you will be very close to Kath at this time. And in a moment of silence we bring to you all those who are ill or bereaved. Finally, Lord God, we pray for ourselves. We confess those times in our lives when we, like Moses, have found many excuses for not doing what you have asked. Please help us to remember that you are the same God who empowered Moses to speak out against Pharaoh despite his fears. So you are our God and you will also speak through us. We confess that we are often fearful and afraid. Please instead give us a vision of your greatness so that we will be able to resist the devil and his fear-mongering. Help us to stand firm in your word and say, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Finally, this week as we read your word, increase our faith in you so that we are as dazzled by you as Moses was, was by your presence in the bush. Amen. Thank you, Sue, for reading, Sarah, for your prayers, and particular thanks to Bishop Ruth for her talk. Don't forget our evening I Wonder Bible Study Fellowship at 6.30pm this evening, uh, when we'll be looking at Galatians chapter 3, verses 23 to 29. Looking forward to see you there. And we've reached the end of our service, and I'd like to thank you all once again for joining us. If anything which has been said or any of our prayers have struck a chord with you, it would be lovely to hear from you. Please do use the Contact Us feature on our website, that's stjohnssouthbourne.com, or email us at admin at stjohnssouthbourne.com. Have a great day. Grace and peace from our Lord Jesus Christ to you all. Amen.